Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old like Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. That's Danny Merang. I'm Dusty Hera. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, this is your morning. Just uh, just want to put this out there. Mm. You got like eleven days until Christmas, everyone. Yeah, no that 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 dawned on me the other day. I was I started noticing that around the house the wife is wrapping a lot of things. Uh-oh. I was like, oh crap! I better start shopping now. Yeah, you better get that done. Yeah. That, that's just that's just a nice little warning. Just put it on out there. I want everybody to know. So we're not saying, ah, I didn't I didn't expect this to happen. Yep. It's eleven days away. So giddy up and get on it before all the good gifts are gone, I guess. Is that how it works now? Hell, I don't know. Have you have you ha- I mean you have kids you guys both have kids. Is there a is there a gift anymore that like people fight over? Yeah, like the tickle me elmo. Yeah, no. Does that happen anymore? Internet changed that bad boy. That's kinda of what I figured. Right? <laughs> like, like yeah, that's gone. That's gone. Mom's elbowing each other in the face, like banging through a Walmart door. That doesn't happen anymore. Well, I rewind. It doesn't happen as often. It's not as widespread as it used to be because you usually just get on the Internet. If it's not there, then, ah, crap, didn't get it. Well, on to next year. Yeah, no, there's the, there's there's nothing like that. And I don't know, like, like, not even with supply chain, it's not even like a thing. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is, but uh, I think there's also a big part of it of uh, me just not caring about that. Like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> Didn't get it this year. Maybe next year. That's too bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Birthday's right around the corner, bud, right? <laughs> that's where that's where I'm at in this. But I find myself in the festive mood today because I drive in on Highway 26 every day, and if you've ever been between, like, the Cornell and Murray exits – on Highway 26, there is a tree that is completely out of place, and it's like a Christmas tree-looking thing. In the median. Yeah, right there in the median. Yeah. Right, and it's it's getting quite large. Yeah. Um, but every year, somebody goes out and decorates it. And mm, I've been okay. wondering every day, like, hey, when is the tree going to get decorated? Today was that day. And then you went by and it was like, oh. And it was unexpected. It was unexpected. Hoomst was decorating said tree. It was a male uh, by himself, and he, him and his gold Subaru just parked right in the median there, hazard lights on, and he's hanging ornaments on this tree. And so to that man in the gold Subaru... You salute. I salute you, and I thank you, because it's become like a tradition. Now that we don't have the Shiloh Inn, the Shiloh used to have the big Christmas light display there. That's oh, okay. gone. Yeah, yeah. That's gone. Now we have nothing, uh, no festiveness on 
on the on the commute, that man brought a little bit of joy to my day. I wonder if he ever gets harassed while he's decorating the tree like by you know local law enforcement. Ooh, that, that's a really good, you shouldn't like. What what are the charges? Well, I mean, spreading Christmas loitering? cheer, <laughs> loitering, vandalism. He's vandalizing. I don't. Know, I don't know if you've seen. Oh, I don't know any of the walls as you're driving on a freeway here. <laughs> maybe maybe they should direct that towards somebody else. I think he's. I think he gives a. He gets a golf clap. He gets a golf clap. I even thought about when I saw him, and at first I just thought it was somebody pulled over on the side of the road. When I first, I was thinking rolling down and yelling thank you on the way, and then I uh, looked at how cold it was outside and said, 39? Nope, I'll keep those nope. windows up. Keep those windows up. But, uh, yeah, a little holiday cheer today. I like that. I like that. I can dig it. Yeah. I have yet to hang a light on my house. All right. I got that taken care of this weekend. I, uh, Mine finally got up. You're an animal. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, I, I might sprinkle. Like I, I got like a. Uh, What's wrong? Like it's like a six or seven foot like natural pine tree, like a Christmas tree in my yes! yard. Yes, perfect. So I think I might just. Well, the great just, thing about it is I can just wrap that and call it good. Get, that is it. That's all you need to do. Yeah, because we're not doing any roofs. You've got eleven. No, don't do roofs. No, we're not. Don't we're, do roofs. We're not doing roofs or gutters or any of that stuff. The, the hip will be repaired before I hang. Like real lights, but my, not to be totally outdone. Like my wife has put a bunch of like Christmassy stuff out. Yeah, and like there's a light up snowman. Um, somebody did actually. I shouldn't say somebody. My wife sent me a link to a forty foot snowman that only cost uh, three thousand dollars at Walmart. <laughs> forty feet, huh? Forty feet. Where are you gonna put that? I mean, I got a big enough front yard. Bend over and I'll show you. There it is. Hey. That's the answer I was looking for. That's the answer I was looking for. Um, no, but where do you keep it like the other 11 months out of the year? I got a big enough yard for that. that <laughs> look at kids. It's the 4th of July marshmallow man. <laughs> Danny, that's just your snowman from, from winter. Well, I'm repurposing it because this thing is $3,000 and it's 40 feet tall. I'll just throw a big sheet over it. And the, uh, <laughs> Halloween, it's a giant ghost. <laughs> you better watch out. That's in true. New, in Newburgh, that may be the neighborhood Klansman <laughs> that gets. Make, no, no, no. It can't be pointy. Can't. No, no. F- round. Round hood. <laughs> you got to be very careful with that out where you live. Jeez Louise. That'll happen. Uh, <laughs> this guy. On the um, topic of. Are there hot gifts for this year? The hell it doesn't. I put a guy in a Boston Crab trying to get a PS5 at Target. <laughs> I still don't understand how Sony hasn't caught up with these. Like, it's still an issue getting PS5s. We're two years removed now. I don't know. It's super weird. Like, again, I know COVID, supply chains, chips, all that kind of stuff. I paid... <laughs> Wafers. Yeah. I paid... $25 over retail for a new Xbox on the release day. And they were like, oh, you paid over? And I was like, yeah, I paid 25 bucks because I couldn't get down there and grab it in time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah 25 bucks. And, and guess what I have? That seems reasonable. Guess what I have? A, a, a new Xbox. I, day one. Wasn't waiting for any lotteries or paying $200 over. I was like, wait, who'd you get that from? Like, did you find someone on the internet or is there like so, a retailer that'll say... So it it was it was an app. The manager, I the can't best remember. Buy. I can't remember what it was. It might have been on OfferUp, uh-huh. but hilariously, he was a fan of the show. 
And he's like, hey, I got to make something on this. And I'm like, no, I, like, I was going to give you the money anyways. Like, I didn't want you to like to. He's like, well, I'm only just going to take a couple bucks, like 25. And I'm like, fine. Like, I was, okay. was going to give you 50 over. Like, but yeah, he, I guess he had like probably 20 or so people who were willing to pay more, but he also had like 10 more. See, those people are he made the ones a, that he made a lot I of don't, money. like, I don't understand. How do you get the 10 extras Bots. when everybody else is trying to get Bots. one? And that is not, uh, that's not cool. No. Because. But I mean. But the, what? It's the way it is. Just ask Taylor Swift fans. That That's right. Yeah. I mean, shoes. I mean, it's like, listen. The I, shoes are bad. Like, I, I, I literally got out of the shoe game, what, 10-ish years ago? Because that's when the bots started to appear. It was done. It's not like all you're doing is just being a jerk at that point. You're you're, you're literally artificially raising the price, and the retailers and the excuse me, the manufacturers know, so yeah. they limit releases, so they yeah. can kill on resale. Like you have that kid whose mom had to resign at Nike. She was a vice president yeah. because she was funneling shoes to her kid. Yeah, and he had like a, a storage locker just full of shoes. Is like, wait a minute, of of like the the rarest releases you could yeah. find. So, but yeah, the bots the shoe have, releases are wild. Yeah, the the bots have ruined the game. But like I said, I'll, I have no problem paying twenty five bucks more on release day. Yeah, especially when I like that's I fine. Said, I saw guys paying two fifty. Yeah, over on release day, and then like for the next three, four, five months. Jeez. See, I don't like it in any form. Like, I don't like it whether it's shoes or Xboxes or whatever with it is. Our yeah, no, gas. I don't. Either. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it whether you're an individual or a corporation that's nope. just holding it over our heads and charging us way more money than you should. I don't like it in any, any way, shape, or form. It all sucks. Um, all right, but capitalism, huh? Free market, America, America, America. Hell yeah! Uh, all right, sports. Want to get to some sports today? I guess. I mean, we can. We there's don't lo- have to. There's lots of it. We can continue to talk about how you're an absolute monster for hating junior mints. And now freaking Sprague's going to get like some brand ambassador out of this deal. What? Oh, they're, they're replying to his tweets now. Oh, good. The junior mints account. Well, as they should. Unbelievable. Well, how did I get left out of that? Unbelievable. We- because you didn't shill and sell yourself for it. That's why. I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the the big problem here is that uh, good for Sprague, you're still the monster that hates Junior Mints. They're not good. You just again, you're the monster that hates Junior. Junior Mints are fantastic. I, I need to get like an energy drink to sponsor or something. Ugh. All right. Ah, okay. Uh, we got Blazer stuff today. We got actually got lots of Blazer stuff today. Actually, quite a few Blazer things. Um, we have uh, making fun of the Lakers, which is always always good, fun, which is also Timeless. a Blazers thing. Yeah. Timeless. That, that's really evergreen, to be honest. That is true. That is true. It's a big day for uh, UCLA. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you why that um, is actually a thing today. And um, we can stop caring about um, soccer because now Croatia is out of the World Cup. Um, and we got one game going on, and Danny is pretending to care about soccer right now. He just he's like gasping over here like something crazy he, is actually He missed happening. over the top, and it would have been a Oh, goal. no way. Somebody missed a goal in soccer. Yep. Crazy. Mm. Never saw that coming, ever. Never. Mm. It, it happens never. You're you're just rude. <laughs> rude. Uh, no, no, man. It's just with Croatia out. I'm I'm out. I'm I'm done with the World Cup. You're dead to me, soccer. Wow. Four more years. Wow. And we'll then we'll go ahead and get back on it. 
Um, Dan, this text at 503-250-1080, where you can text, Danny hates half-eaten cliff Bars as well. Yes, and rightfully so, though. Yes, they, yes. You, dying on that, that's a, they, we'll all die on that yeah. hill. You don't just leave that in a common workspace. Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't much of a whodunit. <laughs> no, the, the, the whodunit <laughs> didn't take Sherlock Holmes to find out that one. No, no, didn't have uh, Acts 2 or 3 necessary. It was uh, pretty clear oh, man. what transpired. All right, 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Hey, let's start with a little bit of Blazers, huh? Shall we? They head out on a six-game road trip, and uh, one thing that surely won't make fans upset about uh, basketball has been released today. We'll talk about it next. <laughs> Danny and Dusty on the fan. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. On the fan. All right, Portland Trailblazers uh, start a six-game roadie in San Antonio. San Antonio, and that's six games in ten days. Six games, in, uh, nine if you take away the one travel day that they've already had. But yes, it's a lot. Wow, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Jeez, uh, but at least it's again they have two against the Thunder in there. You have two against the Thunder, you've Spurs won against the Rockets, and you won against the, the Spurs. Those are games you should win. You've won against Denver and won against Dallas. Both teams are have been close. That's crazy mm-hmm. how quickly it can change. Because just a few years ago, this would have been the hardest road trip the Blazers oh would have had, God. period. And now you're like, thank God you're playing the Spurs, Rockets, and Thunder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, you go back five years, and this road trip would have been a gauntlet. You're hoping for like a two and four. Instead, like, you're you're sitting there maybe. like, all right, 
now now you're going all right four and two that's what you got to go on this six game road mm-hmm. trip um that ends in denver too we have to yes the, the finale is yeah. in denver in denver at altitude Friday. to wrap up a six game trip i'm sure that game's going to go swimmingly man see now let okay so the blazers are playing six games in nine days mm-hmm. correct uh, last night, the Boston Celtics were in L.A. Mm-hmm. They had a two, like four, 12 days. Six and 13. Yeah. They got a bigger break. Ye- uh-huh. Slightly. Yeah, that'd be a bigger break in mm-hmm. between, but they did end it on a back-to-back against the Clippers and the, the Lakers. But In the same city. That's uh, that's uh, That kind of puts it into perspective of, if you watched any of that game between the Lakers and the Celtics last night, which we'll have more on that one coming up later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Uh, Jason Tatum was like, "This is this road trip is a grind, man. We're on the road for 13 days. You, we played six games over this trip, and it's like, yeah, the Blazers are gonna have that nine nine day nine day road trip, and they're gonna have six games. That's a lot of basketball they're gonna be playing. They did this exact same thing before, exact. and they went four and two, okay, against mm-hmm. a, what was probably a, a tougher trip. Just not probably, probably it was it was a tougher trip last time." They should look at this, and the goal on these trips is always to go 500. Always, yes. no matter yes. who you are, yes, go yes, 500, yes, yes, three yes. and three today. But this is a trip you probably should go four and two. And what I think ends up happening is they probably split those OKC games, and they get a game against Dallas. Mm. I, that, that Denver game is damn near unwinnable, and it has almost nothing to do with Denver the team, and everything to do with it being the end of a road trip at altitude. Yeah. And and Denver the team too because Jokic is a yeah you mean nightmare matchup and Jamal Murray yeah their their defense is awful their offense is obscene like it's just yeah it's 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 not conducive for a win okay that's talking road trips now Mm -hmm. let's talk about uh, the ringer uh, trying to just uh, found a new way to piss people off and I like it hot iron uh, NBA fans and get them all upset before Christmas and get them to care I think that this is an interesting and they should do this for every sport. Um, but you know, knowing Bill Simmons, uh, this is the perfect way for the ringer to dive into um, upsetting fans. Oh, 100 percent. They are they have ranked the top 100 players in the NBA. Something every team does, or every outlet. Every does. every publication does this, but they do it in the off season. What the ringer is going to do is they're going to update this throughout the season, <laughs> which I find to be very interesting. So you you. You slate your starting marks. Like, this is where guys are yeah. now. Yeah. And I think there's been some adjustment from where they were from, the, like, the beginning of the season. Okay. Thoughts and anticipations of guys. Yeah. But you're already seeing adjustments across the board. Well, uh, and this is, I mean, what I find fascinating is, I'll just give you your top five, and then we'll get to where the Blazers are at. Um, number five on the list is uh, Kevin Durant. Who, if you want to find some, that's a perfect ranking for him because watch how sensitive he's going to get um, on social media over this. <laughs> Number four is Luka Doncic uh-huh. of the Dallas Mavericks. Number three is Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. of the Denver Nuggets. And then you have number two, Steph Curry mm-hmm. of the Golden State Warriors. And number one is Drew Eubanks of the Portland Trail. Oh, hello. Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> is is number one. Well, I just wanted to get Blazer yeah. fans' attention really yeah. quick. Now, number one is Giannis. Uh, and, like, that top five, I mean... Ten out of ten, no notes. Yeah. But, but honestly, it's the exact way I have the rankings. I do find it very interesting about the international flair of the NBA. Three of the top five players in the league right now 
are foreign players. We talked about that coming into the season. Yeah. This was the three of the the three honestly the three of the four faces of the NBA right now are the best are, are international players. Yeah. And they what's interesting is that two of them in Giannis and Jokic they were not supposed to be. Luka was a godsend prodigy yeah, from the was, time he was 12 years old. He was playing professional ball at, at 14. 14. Yeah. He was playing for Real Madrid at the best team in the world outside of the NBA. Luka Doncic was playing for at 14. Like, that was expected. The other two guys? No. Now, uh... That is a great list, and it kind of shows you kind of where where they're at. They, actually, I think they hit the top ten uh, pretty well on the head too, with Jason Tatum at six, Joel Embiid at seven, Anthony Davis at eight, eight and nine. I kind of I have I have a little eighty. Well, I'm actually not too against because he has been phenomenal. LeBron at nine is a little surprising to me for a team that's still significantly under 500. Also, one two of the top best. 10 two top 10 players? Uh-huh, and I love every second of it. Actually, mm-hmm. I appreciate that they have two top 10 players in suck. Um, but LeBron at 9 and then John Moran at 10. Um, and as you kind of go down the list, you're like, "Okay. Well, where are we going to see Damian Lamont Ali Lillard on this list?" He comes in at 18 on this, and this is what they have to say about Dame. He is a bucket-getting clutch master who's intent on ringing every drop out of his <laughs> time with the team that drafted him. And I absolutely love that. He comes in at 18 on this list. He is behind uh, Jimmy Butler at 16, Donovan Mitchell at 17. He's ahead of Trey Young at 19. Why is Trey Young at 19? I don't know. He is not. He's been awful. And Jalen Brown at 20, which <clears throat> Jalen Brown, he is, he's, been he's fantastic. Yeah. He is fantastic. The, the interesting one here is Paul George at 13. Paul George has missed more time than Dame. And that's why, like, Damian Lillard is is one of those guys that you would think would be higher on this list. Mm-hmm. But then you take a step back and you go, he's been out. That'd probably be the knock on him. But Paul George at 13, that doesn't make sense. And that's, that's the thing is that I think the the death of Damian Lillard was uh, a little premature. Mm. People le- legitimately thought that this surgery was going to hamper him. Yeah. It, it's not hampering him. He's looked more explosive this year than he has in the last five years. That's the thing, is that even at 32 years old, he's moving like he was at 26. But he's injured in different ways now. now, which yeah, is, now but, but, I mean, and I think that is kind of where the concern with people was going to be, is like, does this open up the floodgates of Damian sure. and, and Lillard's injuries because he has been an Iron Man, really? Yeah, he was a guy who career. didn't miss games really at all. Um, and, but this is now all right. It's the core muscle injury, not not a problem. But we're seeing it's other things now, and that is that that is concerning. That's a very concerning. Yeah, the repeat calf injury. If he, if he goes the rest of the season without having any calf injuries, my yeah. God, that'd be a blessing. Just just yeah. fantastic. But if he pops another one, then you start to go, oh, this is something you got to manage now, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, for sure. But here's where it, it gets great for the Blazers, though. Um, Coming in at 45 on the list is Jeremy Grant, a tremendous defender, a high-end second or third option on offense, capable of uh, stepping up when needed. Uh, he is the second-highest-rated Blazer on this mm-hmm. list at 45. And I think they got him about right. He's been fantastic for the Blazers. I, I think I think 35 to 45 is probably the, the sweet yeah. spot for him. And he is behind Evan Mobley of the Cavaliers and Mikael Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. He is ahead of Anthony Edwards of Minnesota, who comes in at 46, and Jamal Murray at 47, along with the LaMelo Ball at 48. And think of that. Think of that. Those those two guys that 
or three guys that he is ahead of get so much attention and they get so mm-hmm. much praise across the NBA. And I, I think that that is kind of to your point of that's where he's at. I agree in that. Is that where is that where you know the ceiling of those other three guys is? Nope. No, absolutely not. But you know what? Right now, the way that Jeremy Grant is playing in in this list, he's actually getting credit for. Um, being that pl- dude, playing above where he has been. The, too. the, the two people who are in front of him were Evan Mobley and Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, you're talking about a defensive player of the year candidate in Bridges every year, and Mobley, who looks and is shaping up to be maybe one of the most impactful defensive players of a generation. Yeah, it's a good place for Jeremy Grant to end up. Uh, coming in at 59 is Anthony Simons, mm-hmm. uh, and they call him the athletic spark plug whose ability to take and make difficult shots is exactly what any offense should want. Yeah, and he's at a spot, and this is where it's really interesting. Of all the guys in his class this this summer who signed contracts, so the notable guys being Jalen Brunson, Tyler Harrow, Jordan Poole, Anthony Simons. Number one, Anthony Simons got the cheapest deal. Number two, he's the youngest of them. Number three, the only guy on that list who's in front of him in this list is Jalen Brunson at 51. Mm. He's ahead of both Harrow and Jordan Poole. Interesting. And there's a little note in there from Michael Pina who talks about Simons' offensive abilities. And this is the, really the first person I think I've, I've seen really outside of the market say this. That Simons' abilities, his scoring ability, are, they're superstar notes. Okay. Not a good player, not a great player, not a... Not a very good C.J. McCollum player, but a offensive superstar. Hmm. That's that's the kind of thing that's starting to gain a little bit of traction. Okay, because you've seen his explosions this year of going nuts in quarters, six threes here, twenty. What has he had? Three twenty-point quarters this year already. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been absurd. He's blown up and taken over games multiple times. He's twenty-three years old and he's doing stuff. Remember, at 23 years old, Damian Lillard is in his second year. Steph Curry is in his second year. Like, you should start looking at the guys that he... To be honest, he's a kind of a combo of those two guys. And I know that sounds crazy to say. Yes, it is. But he's a better shooter than Dame. But he's more pick-and-roll heavy than Steph. At that point in his career. At that point in his career or, or even, overall? Even, even in general. You think right now Ant is the better shooter than Between Damian Between the two, Lillard? yeah. That's the one. That's the one. One thing that that Ant does better. Okay. He's right now. He's the only guy in the NBA outside of Steph Curry, who's taking and making more threes at a higher percentage. That's it. That's that's the list right now. It's Steph and Ant. Yeah. Well, how much does that change though when Dame is in the lineup more often and that role is deferred to Dame? I think because shooting... I think that changes that changes that. That load, especially Certainly. that volume, and I, I think the three point volume is going to be up. What I, where I think Ant changes is uh, less touches uh, on drives. Yeah. That, that's what's going to be interesting to watch out. But that's that's kind of where this is. That's what makes Ant special is his shooting. What makes Dame special is his ability to stretch the defense and also get downhill. Yeah. Ant doesn't have that yet, and Steph's one of the best point guard finishers of all time. So. It's got a long way to go in that regards. But this puts the Blazers with three top 60 players. And that's huge to, to think about um, as the trade deadline opens up tomorrow. Um, by the way, uh, that Anthony Simons, he is 10 spots ahead of uh, C.J. McCollum. Oh. 
Oh, are you telling me that already 23-year-old Anthony Simons is better than C.J. McCollum at $10-plus uh, million less per year? I, I, I would say that the ringer agrees with that. Oh, that's weird. That's yeah. not something I've been saying for three years. I think three years ago you jumped the gun. No, I was saying about, <laughs> saying he could be the replacement. Oh, for okay. Him. Yeah, it's like three years ago he no, was not. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, that he would he would easily be the guy that you replace him. Well, with. the timing has been perfect yeah. because he has developed and he stepped up and and he has played phenomenally. And it was a good time for the Blazers to move off of CJ McCollum at that point. And now what the Blazers do, just in 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 talks around people, it does sound like the Blazers would be willing to go into the tax. If they got the right player, I'm not, I'm not talking about adding like a Jared Vanderbilt or something like that. Because right now the Blazers are sixty seven thousand dollars away from the tax. Guys, I I think what I I don't want this to be kind of overlooked. What you just said is very important yes. for the Portland Trail Blazers, and I think we should dive into that because tomorrow is a big day. First is Rust with Sports Center. <laughs> On the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Okay, I wanted to make sure we had enough time to kind of go into this as you left us before the break with... Yes. The Portland Trailblazers are maybe willing to go into the luxury tax... This year. This year, as the trade deadline officially opens tomorrow. Now... We talked about this last week. That doesn't mean that trades are just going to start popping off tomorrow when it opens up. 78% of the league becomes tradable tomorrow. And then in in a month from tomorrow... It's basically everyone else with the exception of like six or seven players who have some weird stuff in their All of the new acquisitions from this past offseason then become available. Yes. But that is a, a different line than what we've heard about Portland... In wanting to go into that luxury tax is they wanted to be patient, see where they were at, and maybe like in February when the deadline is is you're up against the deadline, maybe they would recheck it and see where they were at then. Mm-hmm. But there was also the thought that they're just not going to do it, period, because of... They know full well that they will be in it next year. And with everything that you're going up against with the team potentially going for sale Mm -hmm. and all of those rumors and rumblings, um, because many are saying, like, hey, next year, come May, you may see the Blazers and the Seahawks starting Mm -hmm. that process uh, of a sale. Now, who's to to say whether that happens or not? Jody Allen will make that decision along with Burt Cold and Vulcan. Mm -hmm. But what has changed from this offseason where that was kind of like, hey, maybe they'll go in, into the luxury tax too. All right, day one of the trade deadline, if something's there, they're going to take it. I think there's a there's probably like a, a line of players mm-hmm. that they would consider doing that for. So for those that don't know, the Trailblazers are currently $67,000 away from the tax line. That's not a lot of money. They are a radio station employee away <laughs> from the tax line. Maybe one and a half. <laughs> From the tax line. And I mean, every transaction, like it's one for one. It's just, it's incredibly difficult for them to do this. So, would they be willing to do it for like a Jared Vanderbilt, who I think is a perfectly fine player, but I I don't think that's enough of a needle mover? OG Ananobi? Hey. Miles Turner? 
uh, Wendell Carter from Orlando. Yeah. Like, those are the kind of guys that I could see them, Lowry Markinen. Like, those are the kind of guys I could see them doing it for. See, now, here's here's the thing that with, you know, OG, if if you, that is going to be a person that you target and you go after, how do you make that work? Because you, I mean, in all reality, you probably don't have a center if that happens. Well, it depends on what, what Toronto does. Because I've heard from multiple people the different paths Toronto could take. Toronto could just, this could be it for them. And like it just doesn't quite make sense with Fred and Pascal and Scotty. They could pivot and, and fully commit to Scotty Barnes. Okay. In that case, does Josh Hart in a first round pick? Is that enough? Do you need to add a okay. Keon Johnson to that? The money wise, does that yeah add up? Yeah, OG's OG's contract. That's another reason why going after OG and Anobi is such a great deal. Is he has a declining value contract. He signed an early deal. He's a clutch client who signed an early deal um, that puts him at about an average annual salary of seventeen million for two more years. He is one of the best value. That is so affordable. He's probably the most versatile defender in the league. Like you could it, squint. Like some people say, Mikael Bridges. I, I I love Mikael, but I think he's a little too slight to to take on the the apex wings like Luca and Giannis. OG can cover everyone. Literally everyone, and that puts the Blazers like five million dollars into the tax at that Which, point. For that guy, worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, because now you go in, you finish up the season, and you go into next season with Dame, Ant, OG, Grant, Nurkic. That's pretty damn. That's good. a hell of a lineup. That's really good. And now is Nurkic still the best fit? No, no. But you've got time to kind of figure that out. You've got the summer, or you make another move at the deadline. Boy. That the athleticism that that lineup would have is eye popping. You have one I mean, of that the is premier tr- really eye popping. Think about that lineup compared to Dame, CJ, Mo, Harkless, <laughs> Nurk. Well, and Al Farouk Camino at the four. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I'm kidding. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm kidding. I just love that line so much. It, but this is the supercharged version. Sure, you get Apex Dame. You get better CJ. You get mm-hmm. infinitely better Mo Harkless. You get Captain America version of Al Farouk Aminu, and yep. you get whatever version of Nurk. Or whatever big you get there. Do you go? Do you land a Miles Turner? I think the uh, DeAndre Ayton stuff's probably too far gone at this point in time, even though the vibes are really bad in Phoenix, and they are fraudulent right now. <laughs> Is there another guy? Do they swap him out for Nerlens Noel and Sadiq Bey? You know, like whatever. How does that end up working? Getting longer, younger, more athletic. Like those are the kind of things I look at and I wonder. Because here's the thing about Joe Cronin that he has already shown. He is willing to be bold Mm. and he's willing to be aggressive. Now, I'm a firm believer that no matter what he does with Josh Hart, keeps him or trades him, there will be a revolt. Hmm. It has got to be a very difficult proposition to trade him. But also at the same time, as much as you love him, is he the best fit for what you have? Probably not. No. And financially, he's going to opt out because he's going to be get a new contract because he's worth it because he's a damn good player. And you can't overpay for somebody that doesn't fit perfectly. You could overpay for somebody who fits perfectly. Uh, that was the last decade, Danny. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Guys, we went to the Western Conference Finals, and that's the and, and again, 
You look at Anthony Simons, and people were a little surprised that he got $25 billion. Do, yeah. does, does he look like a value proposition right now? He sure does. I mean, uh, yeah, all relative, but yes. Uh, this is an interesting text and a great point. Is How are we not talking about a center right now? They are. But I think that it, it's... Bigs are in a weird... We, we, we Did we talk about it yesterday, them being linked to Nerlens? No, we did okay. not. That did come out. Um, and the Blazers and Pistons have obviously done business. The thing is, is that Nerlens Nerlens Noel has played I think like fifty minutes for the Pistons. I this year. totally forgot he was on the Detroit Pistons because <clears throat> they they're keeping him on the shelf because actually doing him a solid. They're playing their young guys. Yes. They don't want him to get hurt no. because then it torpedoes their trade value for mm-hmm. him and his opportunity to go and play somewhere else. So that, that matters. They're mutually agreed that hey man, we're going to do you a solid. We're going to trade you out of here. So he he's still what twenty eight years old. As yeah. insane as that sounds. But if you're talking about a center with rim protection and rim running, because Nurk, even before his injury, was not a rim runner. The last time the Blazers had a rim runner was LaMarcus. And even he wasn't great at it. So now you've got a Jeremy Grant who looks to dunk. You've got a Shaden Sharp who looks to get to the rim. You've got a Anthony Simons who looks likes to get to the rim now. Now you get some rim pressure with like a Nerlens Noel and... I don't think it's going to be a straight one-for-one swap because if they have two young guys already, they're not going to want Nurk there. So now you're looking at getting a third team involved. And what teams really kind of need a center long-term as a salary slot? You start looking at the other tanking teams. So you start looking at San Antonio, and you start looking at Indiana, who have expiring contracts in Miles Turner and Jakob Pertl. And this is where this stuff starts to get... Joe Cronin cut his teeth in the CBA. He used to, that's a, it. That's who he is. Yeah. There was a story that I I, I want to say it was Tom Penn. It might have been Kevin Pritchard who asked him to come up with a trade a day, <laughs> a trade a day, just to get him thinking outside of the box. That's good. And if there's a way for this team to get younger, longer, more athletic, more explosive, more versatile, after what we saw over six months and the overhaul in this team. I am giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I believe that they will look to explode deals between now and the February trade deadline. What you just told me was that Joe Cronin quite literally was the Blazer fan who sits on the NBA trade machine all day long. So me, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that would be – this is going to be a fascinating time for the Blazers if they want to dip into that luxury tax um, and are willing to do it because there's players available. Everybody that said – they whiffed at the trade deadline last year and that there were they, oh so this is it this is all they're going to do it, they they needed to create some flexibility they weren't done he said Joe give me Cron- 18 months they they do have flexibility and they still need to make moves yep they still need to make moves at the end of the deadline last year it was kind of like a huh you're untangling the mess but where do you go from here you've got a ton to prove and Early returns on this year's team, good. Since that trade deadline, they have added Shaden Sharp and Jeremy Grant. Where they go from here is going to be the the very fascinating yeah. part. Because this is right. this is quite literally, if it's not this deadline and this, you know what it is. It's this deadline and this summer that you're going to get the major moves done. Because after that, all the money's Jeremy's extension is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Dame's extension is going to be in there. Whoever you have at center's extension is going to be in there. And this is very much going to be the team that you're going to be working with. So really, the next six months is the biggest for the, really this version of this team.
Okay. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. We finally getting some answers to a mystery over the weekend. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. Over the weekend um, at the World Cup in Qatar, the uh, everybody just kind of raised their eyebrows and took a step back and said, oh my goodness, what is going on? Um, truly, the best reporter on American soccer, Grant Wall, uh, died at the stadium. Unexpectedly. At the World Cup. And everybody went, uh-oh. Uh, because he had been very critical of the Qatari government. He has a, a brother who's gay, yep. and he wore a rainbow um, LGBTQ-themed soccer shirt. That FIFA, it, it's part of, like, it's a FIFA shirt. Yes. It's called One Love, mm-hmm. and it's a, um, it, it's what FIFA has been kind of pushing to get the anti-gay out of soccer, yes. because I don't know if you know this about soccer. Uh, very gay, very or anti-gay, very racist. Yes, very anti-gay, very racist over in Europe. Yeah, the such situations as a banana peel being thrown at a black uh-huh. player, yeah. uh, racist and homophobic related chants being chanted by by entire stadiums. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Also, um, unfortunately, not just a European or a soccer issue, but Here. we digress. Uh, Wall wore that shirt to in the World Cup. And knowing, like, the history of uh, of anti-LGBTQ um, kind of rhetoric and laws in uh, Qatar, and they wouldn't even allow him into the stadium. Yeah. They said, you got to change your shirt. And it was videoed. It went viral. It was uh, all over the place online and stuff. Um, and that was kind of the first little ripple. And mm-hmm. then he wrote an or uh, kind of amplified an article for... Um, somebody who wrote about uh, all of the, the migrant deaths, migrant deaths, and kind of well, we can call it what they are slave deaths. Yes, that basically the Qatari government didn't, didn't care care about. And then the next day, he collapsed in the press box, and everybody just kind of went, uh, "Whoa!" Because it's not like this is the first time we've seen a journalist off by a Middle Eastern government, you know, Khashoggi. Yeah. Um, so eyebrows are raised, and I think accordingly, correctly. Well, we find out today his wife, uh, Dr. Celine Gounder, uh, she went and I don't the strength of that woman to go and do multiple interviews. She did one with Peter King mm-hmm. um, of football. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> an NFL writer. Yes. But, but a family friend of theirs. It, remember, for those that don't know, Grant Wall was at Sports Illustrated for a long time yep. where also Peter King was. And Grant Wall was not just a soccer reporter. He was. The, one of the most prolific basketball writers for 15 years. He's the guy who did the cover shoot and article on LeBron James in high school. Yeah. He's the one, the chosen one. That's Grant Wall. So his wife came out and she did uh, a couple of interviews, one on CBS uh, where she's a contributor as well. And uh, she said that he died of an aortic aneurysm uh, that ruptured. And it was uh, undetected. It was a freak uh, accident, but it, it, she said it was. Um, something that had likely been brewing for years, and for whatever reason, it happened at this point in time. Yeah, and he wasn't feeling good, <clears throat> or under the, he was under the weather, 
And that may have been the first triggering points where yeah. he had maybe a shortness of breath or some chest pains or whatever it may have been. But it feels weird to say this. It's probably a good thing that he died of natural causes. Oh, absolutely. It's because that's what everybody's first thought was, was like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Like, it, it was, oh, my goodness, he, he died. It was a perfect storm of like, events. Wait, what? And you, you always kind of, we're so jaded, we always turn to the worst thing that could possibly happen. And um, this I mean, was we've just seen the Russians, of natural causes. We've seen the Russians kill a guy with, with nuclear material. Oh yeah, like we've seen some full-on Bond stuff. Yeah, poisoning so, is not is not just in movies. Yeah, no, th- this was not out of the question for what uh, could have possibly happened, especially considering the fact that he passed out during the game. And also, there was a. I mean, we we talked about this that there was a a lot of the conversation about a lack of defibrillators and all of that in the stadiums yes. that were there. It didn't matter what happened. There was they nothing could have that had every single defibrillator and CPR could have happened immediately. And apparently, uh, they're saying nothing would have saved him. It doesn't make this uh, any less tragic that a man died um, and was sent back home in, in a coffin from the World Cup. But it, it does kind of now you're having at least some closure for not just his family but for a lot of his fans that have been following his him and his work for a really long time. And, you know, by all accounts, he was a great dude that through and through cared about his and had a great passion for all of his work mm-hmm. from going back to his days at SI when he was writing those LeBron stories all the way through. But um, particularly soccer and, yeah. and being the yeah. foremost voice of soccer in the journalism world in this country. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That to a man, to a woman, it does not matter. If you were a soccer fan in this country, you know who Grant Wall is because he wrote and covered the most impactful stories in the sport over basically the last 20 years. Big soccer guy right here. <laughs> Big soccer guy. Yeah, I know. But I know. I, but like you Grant still know Wall, who he Grant is. Wall is who I know. Who, yeah. Like, it's who you go to. I mean, he's got like a million followers yeah, he, on Twitter alone. Like, this is a soccer writer. You have your people that if something happens, you go, all right, I'm going to plug it into Google. We're going to find out who's going to go. Like, who's going to have the information? And there it is. And it, it was always him. Yeah. So um, that's the update to Grant Wall, who died at the World Cup. Uh, no funny business. And that's probably the best thing that could um, happen for his family is to hear that. So um, it's still family mourning the loss of Grant It's closure. Wall. Yeah. It, it's a lot of closure. And that's, that's, that's really thing. important, too. That was the first thing that I thought is, is, is if, even if it was nefarious, you still had closure. Yeah. All right. Uh, hour number two. Let's dive in. Let's get back uh, in the realm of football. The Curious Case of Marcus Mariota, next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 